Hello, and welcome to Mama Moon's Journey. I'm your host, Emily Luna. Today, we are going to be talking about how to deal with meltdowns. And I'm not talking about your own meltdowns while you hide in a closet somewhere, eating snacks or drinking wine at the end of a very crazy day. I'm talking about the meltdowns that our lovely children have and how we manage them and help them manage them as well. So sit back, relax, and prepare to hear the real. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back. Um, This is episode nine. It's going to be a pretty informational but very uh, experience-based episode. Um, I really want to talk about how we deal with meltdowns that our children have and how they deal with them as well. And this is not because I'm an expert on all things parenting, but rather someone that has tried several million different type of methods. And I've kind of learned by, by trial and error. So I'm just sharing what I've experienced with um, three young kids. I've got a almost five-year-old, a recently turned two-year-old, and a 10-month-old. So not an expert by any means. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, let's jump in. So I think the biggest thing um, with meltdowns is we never know when they're going to happen. So to kind of preface that, um, about two weeks ago, I picked Layla up from school um, it was seemed like it was going to be a great day. I was supposed to uh, run a quick errand, um, which was fine that she was with me. Um, and then afterwards, I planned to meet with my mom, her nana, um, and uh, really just have lunch at like Chick-fil-A. We didn't really know where we were going, but Chick-fil-A ended up being the spot. No, I'm not sponsored by them, but if they wanted to, hey, hey, um, but yeah, so we we went to Chick-fil-A after the quick errand that I ran. Everything was going good. Layla was excited to see her Nana and have lunch with her. It was just kind of a, like a special little outing for us. But it started to turn sour all over the little indoor playground that they have. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you'll remember at McDonald's. Um, I think that's like where I initially go when I think of like indoor playgrounds at a restaurant or a fast food chain um, is like the McDonald's playground where there's just tons of kids all the time running in and out. They, you know, I don't know, they don't have any regard for anyone else. They're just focused on having fun, which is totally understandable. And as a kid, like, heck yeah, I want to play on that. Like, that looks like a great time. Like, why wouldn't my mom or dad let me go over there? But as a parent, I'm, maybe everyone else is a little chiller than I am, but I look at it and I just see germs. I see potential fights because Lord knows if someone tries to push or, you know, move my daughter out of the way, she is not the type of person to just sit there and, and be upset about it or kind of move on past it. She will push them back. Um, yeah, she's very, she's very fiery. So with that being said, we were sitting there eating. Um, she was being pretty good throughout the meal, finished her food and kept asking about it. And I said, you know, um, maybe when there's no kids in there, cause I don't want you to get hurt. There's a little girl in there that's like a- around 
you know, one and a half and, you know, I don't want you to push her down or accidentally get in her way. So let's just wait a little bit. So she kept eating. She waited. And at the end, when we were about to leave, she really, really wanted to go in because all of the kids had exited the little area. And I will say, looking back, bad on me because I really did not want to have to sit in there while my mom was um, sitting there and I'm sure she wouldn't have minded but I didn't want to sit there in this little indoor playground area letting her play on this germ infested (laughs) playground that I'm just not mentally ready to deal with because I'm thinking like wow we just barely got over um, pre-k back to school cooties like I really don't want to deal with anything else that could come from that so It was definitely a selfish moment that I just didn't want her to play there and I'm sure it wouldn't have hurt anything and she would have really enjoyed it, but it was time for us to leave. Um, You know, it was time for us to go home and she just got very upset and part of that is because I told her, oh, well, maybe later, not thinking that the kids would leave and sure enough, they did and then she said, oh, well, now it's later and I wasn't fulfilling what I said. So that was like the first thing that I I could have done better. But um, I told her, no, I'm sorry. How about we go home and you can play at the big park uh, where we live? She didn't want that. (laughs) Um, It was kind of a chore to get her away from the playground area and like step outside. And I thought, oh, well, once we get outside, it'll be like a, you know, slam dunk. Like she'll get in the car, we'll go home, it'll be fine. She'll probably want to go to the park later. That's not a problem. No, as soon as we get out of the door and I have a bag of food to take home to my husband and toddler, um, the baby doesn't eat Chick-fil-A yet, but um, I have my hands full and I tell her she needs to hold my hand. Um, My mom's carrying some drinks for us and we're about to walk to the car and she refuses to hold my hand. She refuses to hold my mom's hand. And so that triggers a whole other side of the meltdown that was bubbling up. Um, She decided she did not want to hold anyone's hand and that in fact she wanted to go back and play in the playground. I told her no. She started throwing a tantrum and so instead of standing there and kind of talking through it, I was like nope we don't have time for this. It's hot out here in this Vegas heat. I want to get out of the sun and I just scooped her up, put her under my arm and walked to the car. She is flailing the entire time. Like I swear girl has the strength of a Viking when she has these meltdowns because, oh my gosh, it was hard to hold on to her. Um, we get to the car and I tell her that she needs to hold my hand. I'm trying to unlock the car with my hands full, her flailing around. It's a whole mess. And yeah, so once I, I get the car unlocked, I put the things uh, that I, I need to down in the car all while like holding on to her. She's trying to run in the street. I'm telling her it's dangerous um, for her to run, so I'm just gripping her arm. And I'm sure that looked terrible from um, like an outside perspective, but I was trying to keep her safe. So me gripping her arm and looking bad um, just to make sure she doesn't get hit by a car. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm definitely fine with uh, taking on that heat. But um, we did get in the car finally. I put her in her car seat. Um, totally continues the the meltdown and freaks out. Is kicking, screaming, kind of like scratching at me. Like not like trying to hurt me, but like swatting. You know, I'm sure people with kids understand. I keep 
trying to explain to her that she needs to put her seatbelt on and she's just not about it. She says she wants to go play and this lasted for probably, it felt like an hour, but it wasn't. It was probably like 10 to 15 minutes at the most, but still it was just so frustrating. It was so exhausting. I did my best to be calm. I took deep breaths and I told her she wasn't going to go play. We had to go home and that I wasn't going to talk to her about it until she calmed down and stopped screaming and yelling. And I also like tried to take deep breaths and show her like, oh, I'm upset right now. I'm going to count to 10. And I'd take a deep breath and I'd count to 10. And she did not give an F, (laughs) did not care at all. So that's the the scenario that I'm I'm specifically referencing. Although I have had a number of meltdowns that I've dealt with and can happily speak to if anyone else has experiences they want to share, um I promise you are most likely not alone. But I really realized after that moment, uh, one she was tired because 10 minutes into our drive she calmed down and fell asleep. And two, I realized that like as frustrating as it was, I do feel like I handled some things quite well. Um, some of those things being how I responded to like her hitting or, um, her yelling versus how I really wanted to respond. Um, and then also like taking a step back after the fact and trying to understand like where this tantrum was coming from and what I could have done to prevent it. So, um, I think in this episode, I really just want to focus on how to regulate your own emotions first and then help the the toddler or the child um, regulate their own emotions, seeing the real issues, because a lot of times these meltdowns have underlying issues that we don't understand in the moment. And then um, just really like being able to reflect and see what you should do when everything fails. When you've tried all of the methods, because I think that's something I get frustrated about, is that um, psychologists, pediatricians, other parents will say, oh, well, if you want your child to do X, Y, and Z, or you're trying to teach your child this, all you need to do is da-da-da-da-da. Okay, well, what happens when they don't listen? What happens when you tried x y and z and everything under the sun and they still don't want to listen what do you do so let's talk about the regulation of your own emotions um like i said i'm not an expert but i have found that when i focus on regulating my emotions before i respond to the tantrum or the meltdown that's happening that it oftentimes sets me up for success in actually like dealing with it. Um, So when I mean like regulating your own emotions, I'm talking about like taking deep breaths. And a lot of times like parents don't like doing this in front of their kids because they don't want them to see like them getting frustrated or like having to work through something because it's almost like you're being vulnerable in front of your kids. I don't know why that's scary to some people, but for me, I think that's better because it shows them that this is the right way to do things. Like this is something that I'm not just telling you to do. I'm also doing it myself. So regulating your own emotions first can really make or break the situation. In my opinion, I've noticed when I just react 
off the handle that oftentimes I feel a lot of mom guilt. I feel like I didn't handle the situation the best that I could. And I, I oftentimes have to apologize for my behavior because it can come off like erratic. And, you know, we, we don't want to do that when we're addressing our children. We don't want to be reactive to the point where, you know, we, we almost have to apologize for being overreactive. So it's really important to regulate your own emotions. Um, I am not a person that likes meditation or yoga. I like like high intensity activities. I don't like those like, oh, let me breathe and focus because I don't know, it feels weird for me. Not saying that it's weird, but it's not my thing. But that could be something for everyone else or, you know, you who's listening. So um, I do take deep breaths in those moments because it helps me remind myself to take a second instead of like, coming up with whatever's like at the forefront of my brain. So take a deep breath, count to 10 and do it in front of your child so they can see that when you're frustrated and maybe you've told them like, oh, if you're feeling mad, you can count to four. That's like a Daniel Tiger reference. Um, But definitely like something like that shows them, oh, my parent is frustrated, but they're taking a deep breath and they're not reacting And I think that can really help kind of shift things. Now, if your child is not responding to your own practices, that's okay. Do it for yourself. Get to the point you need to be. Get to the space that you need to be to kind of plan out and map out how you're going to respond. Once you do that, I really feel like it helps you see the real issues that are at hand. So, for example, in this Chick-fil-A parking lot meltdown situation... Um, the real issue at hand was that I had told her she could do something that I didn't keep my promise on. I didn't promise that she could do it, but I said that once the kids were gone, she could do, or she could go play. And you know, that wasn't really fair. So I have to see that part of that frustration was like self-inflicted on my, on my part, because I could have avoided that by saying, you know, no, we're not going to play on that today, but we can play on the park at home. Um, the at the playground at home. Um, so I saw that issue and I also thought to myself, she must be very tired after a full day at school. She didn't nap on the way in to town. Um, she must be very tired and overstimulated. There was a lot of fun going on around her that she didn't get to partake in. She's tired from school and mommy didn't keep her promise. So that helps me to really see the real issue. And As much as you may not see it in your own situations, like there's always an underlying reason. It could be, it usually is, sleep, lack of food, (laughs) or um, that maybe their their emotions are not regulated to begin with in the situation, which I think leads me into the next topic is helping to teach your child to self-regulate. If you try to regulate them, you're going to really create some issues where they won't know how to react when you're not there. So um, when I say like self, like how to teach self-regulation, you need to like give your child opportunities to calm down on their own versus telling them you better calm down right now. Um, And that could be the same type of methods that you use for your own self-regulation. Like, okay, I can see you're frustrated right now and I know that you're upset. Validate their feelings and then tell them when you want to calm down, then we can talk and maybe give them the opportunity to calm down. Give them a minute. 
If they're still not making any progress, maybe show them how to calm down. Say, you're still very frustrated and I see that you're not calming down. Why don't we take a deep breath together and count to 10? Take a deep breath, count to 10, do the full thing. It might seem silly, but do it and then see where they're at. Now, if they don't want to participate in that, then you might need to give them some more time. Um, if too much time is passing and you're like, okay, this needs to be nipped in the bud. Maybe you're in a public place and you kind of have to get on to the next thing, or maybe they're in like a tantrum mode where it could be dangerous to themselves or others because they're like kicking or screaming or, you know, whatever it is, then yeah, like you kind of want to move a little faster. But if you can allow for more time, if you can sit there, then do it. Like there was a time Layla threw a tantrum right when she got out of school in the parking lot there. And I told her, I was like, I guess we'll sit here until you want to, you know, talk about it. And we we can work through this. We're going to sit here in the sun and it's very hot. And after a few minutes, like we sat there maybe like three, five minutes. And she was like, okay, yeah, this is hot. It's enough. Let's talk about it. And we were able to get in the car and move on. So when everything fails, I think it's really important to just take a moment and kind of sit with the situation that you're in. So when you feel like you're at your wit's end, you want to give up, you feel like throwing in the towel, I definitely feel that it is worth just taking a step back and sitting in what is happening, like just absorbing the reality of the situation and maybe taking a few more deep breaths because, you know, there's nothing wrong with breathing or, you know, pausing for a moment and and kind of adjusting. But it's always good to just kind of determine whether this is something that you really, really need to address. Like, um, do you need to have a resolution or did you just need to go through the motions and try different things to start to establish some sort of process for future occurrences? For example, if, um, let's just say Leona, I don't want to harp on Layla because she is the oldest one, but Leona, um, has her moments where because she doesn't have a full vocabulary, she will turn to, um, swatting or, or hitting, um, not aggressively, but more to kind of like get attention. Like she will like tap me or my husband, um, like with her hand, kind of like a little slap, but it's not very hard at all. And she'll just look at us kind of with a a raised eyebrow expression and almost a smile just to see what we're going to do. Now, instead of getting mad, which of course, like there's been instances where we say, no, you should not hit. That's not nice. And there's a big reaction. There's been times where we just take a step back and we don't say anything. We let her kind of see that it doesn't get any attention or that it doesn't warrant like a good reaction. And that has led her to like try different methods. So like if we ignore her slapping and not saying that, oh, we're just going to let her get away with it. But if she does that to us and we don't respond, she tries again with a different method. Like she might tap us this time with her finger instead of hitting. She might say mom, dad, instead of hitting. So that right there is an opportunity where we just let her kind of sit with her reaction or kind of the result of her actions. And then she determines what she could do next time to maybe get a different response. So I think sometimes when we feel like we failed 
all of our attempts to manage a, a meltdown or a tantrum or any other tough moment in parenting or life, um, I think it's just good to sometimes just sit back and absorb the situation and kind of analyze like, what could I potentially do better? Or maybe I've tried my best. Now, what can I do for the next time? What lessons did I learn? And where do we go from here? So all of this is not to say that this is the perfect guide on how to deal with a meltdown or a tantrum, but this is really just um, kind of what I've done as a checklist to see where I'm at um, mentally and emotionally when I've been dealing with a meltdown or a tantrum and kind of what has helped me overcome those situations. I will say something that not a lot of parents consider is that your response and your reaction and your emotions dealing with tantrums, meltdowns, or maybe just difficult situations with your kids or even other people, if we want to kind of generalize it, is usually based off of triggers that you have from emotional events in your past. So what I mean is, for example, if, if your kid talks back to you and they say, no, I don't want to do that. You might feel emotionally triggered and, and frustrated because when you were younger, you were probably told, you don't talk back to me. You don't say no to me. And because of that association and probably the many occurrences that that happened over, because let's be real, as kids, you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over until you either learn or you get disciplined to the point where you don't ever want to do it again. Or maybe you get scared into not ever wanting to do something again because you've, you've had some sort of reaction that, you know, you associate with that and, and you get over it. So when you hear your kid talking back to you, you're automatically triggered subconsciously, whether you like to acknowledge it in the moment or not because of the past events that you have had, you and your brain are telling yourself this child or this person should not be talking back to me because that's not the right thing to do. And the reason you think that way is because you were told those same things. You were given that same message. And so you associate that with a very negative emotion. And because you associate that with a negative emotion, it gets very hard to react accordingly to the situation. So let's just say you say, okay, Layla or Leona, it's time to pick up your toys. I really need you to pick up your toys because it's time to get ready for bed. And the response is, no, I don't want to. You take that as, well, one, you're disobeying what I've asked you to do. And two, you're not listening to what I'm saying. And three, you're talking back to me and being disrespectful. Instead of looking at it as, oh, they don't want to stop playing, or maybe they're not ready to clean because they don't want to go to bed, you're going off of the emotion that they're doing something very wrong, that they are just being so disrespectful and being so negative towards you that that it's just a bigger deal than it probably is in the moment. And it's not your fault. It's not your parents' fault. It just kind of is the way that it is. And it's something that if you are more cognizant about it, when you're dealing with these situations, it's easier to manage your own emotions. Um, I will 
say for me, my biggest trigger is when a child is whining or complaining because my mom used to kind of, um, I don't want to say brush me off, but she would like definitely put a boundary up when I would be whining or complaining. And she'd say, I'm not going to talk to you until you're human. And I realize that I sometimes do that with Layla and I don't do it to be negative, but I do it because as an adult, I now understand what my mom meant. Now, is it the best method? I'm not sure. I'm still figuring that out. Um, if anyone has suggestions, I will gladly listen to them. But when I hear like a kid whining or having um, kind of like a a tone about them where it's it's just higher pitch than normal, it just really gets under my skin, even though it may be kind of a justified reaction for like my daughter, you know, like she might be whining because she doesn't feel good or she's tired or, you know, maybe she is whining for no reason. I don't know. But instead of me reacting according to her situation, I oftentimes react according to the situations I have had in the past. So again, super important to just keep that in mind when you are reacting to different, um, situations, whether it be a meltdown or tantrum or just a tough situation in general, that you try to understand why your emotional reactions are so strong when they are so strong. I'm not saying you're going to have a bad reaction every time, but when you feel like you're struggling or you feel like you're at your wit's end, think about what could be triggering your own reaction. And that might help you to kind of level set and reset to deal with the current situation versus like reacting to the situation from your own past experiences. That's all I have for today. Uh, really just, just sharing my experience because I, I find that a lot of the parenting guides that I've seen talk about, oh, you know, gentle parenting is the way to go or permissive parenting is not as negative as people think, or, you know, what is it? Um, hands-off parenting. Like there's so many different parenting styles. There's so many different attitudes and personalities of kids that it's very hard to just generalize and say, oh, this is the way to do it. So again, I'm not an expert. What I'm telling you is not the, the exact formula, um, to deal with tantrums or meltdowns, but it's what's worked for me and what I've realized kind of throughout the process. I am still learning. I'm still uh, constantly researching like, well, why do kids act this way? Why do I react this way? And it's really kind of opened my eyes and broadened my horizons from a parenting standpoint. So I encourage you to do the same. If you are not happy with how you are reacting to your kids, how you are modeling yourself as a parent, or maybe your, your kids are having some tough times that you're not sure how to navigate through. It's okay to do research. It's okay to kind of pick and choose what you do and you don't like, you do not have to follow a specific guide and nine times out of 10, it's not going to be the same situation as your own. Like a parent that says, Oh, well I do this and it works really well for me. They may only have one child. They may stay at home with their child and not work. They may work and and never really have one-on-one time with their child and someone else is watching them and that creates a whole different dynamic. So keep that in mind. 
My situation is going to be very different than your situation. Your situation is going to be different than the next person's and so on. So it's always good to share experiences, offer support to other parents or or people for different situations in their life, even if you can't relate, because it does help you kind of diversify some of your reactions and understandings of different experiences you have had or are going to have. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you guys continue to um, listen in. I really would love to get some topic ideas. I do have some of my own, but I really want to hear what you as a listener want to hear me discuss or maybe get my take on it. So thank you again for listening. I hope you have a great day and as always stay true to yourself.